any further ado, to welcome Portuguese giant, Anacio Mestra. That was the Portuguese national anthem. Last time I was here, he played a Mexican song when I came up. <laughs> Thank God Bert Farias and his wife are here to support this craziness and help me. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. It's great to be here this morning and see all of you. I mean that, to see all of you and see what God is doing. We, Till and I, continue to learn very much from Sean and Stephanie. In the last few years, we've become a lot more in our calling because of their life, and we, we're just grateful and continue to look up to them in so many ways, more than you know. In the last few years, I've become better looking than Sean because I, <laughs> I drink Portuguese olive oil, but, but I, I, I do learn from him still. Look, Bert, Bert, Bert got the Holy Spirit because he drinks Portuguese olive oil. And, you know, but we are still learning from these awesome people. I don't think some of you, I'm going to be so blunt today, I'm going to upset some of you. I don't think some of you realize how blessed you are to have these people here, this caliber of kingdom people. I sure wish we had them where we are in California. Yeah, but um, you guys are blessed beyond, you know, to have uh, Sean and Stephanie here, visionaries, kingdom shakers, generational, incredible, beyond themselves, intelligent people that could be doing anything but, but are here. You guys are blessed, so you ought to be grateful and thankful. Ooh, that's... Did that sound like a rebuke or something? No, I hope not. Okay. Oh, you guys are in so much trouble. The Mexicans are here. The Portuguese are here. The Scots are here. The Italians are here. Man. Hallelujah. I am so humbled by what happened in the last few day, couple of days, Friday and Saturday, and the move of the Holy Spirit. I am, I mean, you just, you just have to... You just have to humble yourself and, and see people flow in these things and be brave and be right on and go out on a limb. And those of you that flow in the Holy Spirit know. And uh, I'm just humbled by the ministry and we thank you for allowing us to be part of it. And you challenge us to a greater place. I don't know what Sean is thinking by having me speak when these people are here. I'm like, these people can see inside your soul. They know what's the Holy Spirit and not. These people flow in these things. They know the look-alike, the smoke, and the fire. They can tell the difference. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking to say anything. What can I say to people like this? You know, it's really nerve-wracking. But nevertheless... 
Uh, Pastor Paul, yes, Paul, right? Yesterday prayed and prophesied some things over Sean and Stephanie, but he was speaking directly to Sean back there, that are so serious that I don't know that most, oh, many people realize the seriousness of what was said and the deep, uh, how deep and how serious and what, inter, what it comes with when he pointed at Sean and he said, you will receive a measure or oh, the same measure that God gave to David. <laughs> Pray for Sean. Pray for his wife. Because when you receive a measure in a manner that was given to David, boy, it comes with a level of authority and a level of battle and a level of responsibility and a level of, it's not just like, David, after the heart of God, let's take the kingdom. It comes with... Go study the life of David. So you pray. You be praying in the Spirit for this flow that was declared over Sean and Stephanie and this house and what God is doing here. It's a huge measure to receive a measure like David's. It's a measure to change not just a place and a people. It's a measure to change nations and the world. David changed the world. His life transformed generations. His legacy, we still preach about him. Indeed, we are this morning. We, we, I mean, it's beyond the battles, what comes with it, the resistance, the, you know. So you guys be praying in the Spirit, because when Paul began to declare that, I saw people like, yeah, and I was like, oh, whoo. My body is going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to flow in some big things. But it comes with a cost. If you're making notes this morning, write the word cost. You got your electronic device, type cost and save it. But as Paul was speaking and prophesying and declaring, he said... This harvest that they receiving is not a harvest for themselves or for him. It's a harvest for all. So somebody will pay the price and the cost, but all will get the harvest. Which is really cool. Boy, I'm so glad I'm part of the forces life right now that we are. Because I'm directly associated with that harvest. We heard the word association a lot in this last couple of days, Right? And as I was writing this as fast as I could to keep everything and hold everything, I was sitting back there, and Debbie Silver turned around, looked at me with a serious look. Is Debbie here? Right there. Right there. She looked at me with a serious look as you were speaking to Sean, and she pointed at me, not as in a wishful thinking, nice, as in a matter of fact. She said, this is coming for you. Did I, did I receive it right? This is coming for you. This is coming for you as a matter of declaration, as a matter of fact. So, <laughs> so I hereby declare that by association to Sean Foster, I received the measure that was given to David and to Sean Foster yesterday. Amen and amen. Woo! Woo! Amen. I'm done. <laughs> 
Sean, it's not yours to keep. <laughs> he said that. It's not yours to keep. If you're making notes, write that down too, next to cost. It's not yours to keep. It's not mine to keep. It's not yours to keep. If you're speaking to your husband or your spouse or your friend or your cousin about this word this morning, tell them it's not yours to keep. If you're speaking to yourself, if you if you like the Portuguese people that talk to themselves in a mirror and sing in the shower, tell yourself it's not mine to keep. Write it down. It's not mine to keep. Yeah, say it. It's not mine to keep. It's going to make a lot of sense in a minute. So we don't want part of this harvest. We want all of it. We want the fullness of what God has intended for the sons and daughters. Amen? Hallelujah. This is so significant. I couldn't hold myself when these things were being spoken because I was like, oh my gosh. And I was, I was telling Sean, look at my notes from last Sunday. I showed him. Look, look I, was, I was saying that. Made me feel good that the Holy Spirit people were saying what I said. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I was saying that, you know. It was like I was leaping for joy in my heart, but it was so significant what was spoken because it has so much to do with what I have for this morning. So much. It's right on the timing what the Holy Spirit is doing. Please open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 4. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. We bless you guys in the overflow room back there. Those of you guys watching online. Hey, now. Sanctuary West, oh sorry, the campus West, Sanctuary West. Ooh. I'm going to call our storeroom in the back that, back home. The West Room. The West Wing. Oh, anyway, I know there's people from home watching us as well and all that. Bless you guys. Proverbs 22, verse 4. I'm going to read to you out of the Common English Bible. I think they're going to put it up. I asked him to put it up. There it is, right? But I know some of you have the New King James, the NIV, and all that. Underline this in your Bible. Highlight it in your electronic device. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord is wealth, honor, and life. In, in, in some translations, riches, honor, and life. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord is wealth or riches, honor, and life. This is, uh, you know, like how Sean keeps talking about, you know, wealth, land, and souls, and he's got his thing going on. I got my thing going on. Wealth, honor, and life. Yeah. <clears throat> but I want to draw your attention to a story of a life of a man in scripture that few people talk about. Very few. To me, one of the most significant characters throughout scripture, one of the most beautiful examples of what our mission really is as we serve the Lord and, and do kingdom. A guy by the name of Berzali. Never heard about it, right? Berzali is his name. B R B A R. Z-A-L-L-A-Y. Berzalai. Hebrew name. Berzalai was mentioned in the Old Testament about ten times about his life and things that took place. Berzalai is described as a wealthy man from a place called Rujalim in Gilead. From that area. And he lived during a very significant time. 
the time of David, when David rose to the throne and the whole thing with Absalom and his kids, all the trouble, he was right there. Second Samuel chapter 17. If you're making notes, the whole story is Second Samuel 17, you know, chapter 17 to chapter 19, those two chapters, and, and a few more. But right there, he kind of tells the story of what happened with Berzelai and David and what took place. It is best known to be this guy that was loyal to his king, meaning David. And when David flee from Jerusalem because of the revolt of his son Absalom, when there was a bunch of trouble going on, no anointing, no glamour, no glory, just trouble. You know, God gives you people to walk with you through your trouble. <laughs> you don't know that you're on your way to glory. Or you don't really experience real glory until you've gone through some... I don't want to say it. Is he prophesying trouble over us? Come on, just say it, man. Just say it. You, you don't know real glory until you've experienced a season of real trouble. Come on. And God has brought along people to walk with you in your dirty stuff. In your failure. In your family dysfunction. David is to be king... The best king the Israelites ever had. The king of God, sent by God, picked by God, chosen by God. And here's his family laundry, his son revolting, his other son, all this stuff, all this yucky stuff going on. And he has to flee to the wilderness from the place that God had promised him. God promised me this, yeah, speak it. Oh, and no, run, because it's messy right now. And right there comes Berzelai. I'm the man that God has chosen to accompany you in your season of failure. <laughs> I'm sure not preaching what I want to preach this morning. <laughs> he is best known, Berzelai is, to be loyal to David in the worst time of his life. And when David was forced out of Jerusalem into the wilderness, here comes this guy. Berzelai, he comes around and during David's exile, short period, but he's out there and he said, my calling is to hold you up, make you shine, feed you, take care of you, restore you, nourish you, and bring you back to the throne. Is anybody happy about Berzelai yet? Come on, that's good. Is anybody going to name that's their good. kid Berzelai? Please, somebody name their kid Berzelai. Huh. Never heard that name in my life. During David's time of exile, Berzelai becomes a key person who provided for the needs of David, not only his personal needs as a man, he respects him as a king, even though he's not in Jerusalem, he's running for his life, but Berzelai is honoring him as a king, holding him as a king, treating him as a king, and bringing provision from his own house. From his own capacity, he's bringing goats and honey and milk, taking care of the house and taking care of David's family and everybody making sure that David is waking up in the morning and keeping his mind focused on what God has promised. Ooh, we need some Berzelites right now. <laughs> Open your Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 17. 2 Samuel chapter 17. 
verses 27 to 29. I do encourage you to read those couple chapters there to get the whole context of the story. We don't have the time now, but I want to I go to the point. I want to show you what took place with such an incredible example. To me, one of the greatest in Scripture. 2 Samuel chapter 17, verses 27. When David came to Manaheim, whatever that name is, you know, it's very hard. Sheobi, the son of Naash from Rahab and the Ammonites, and Machir, son of Amil from Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gilead from Rogelam, brought bedding, bowls, articles of pottery, also brought wheat, barley, flour, and roasted grain, beans, and lentils, honey, and curbs, sheep, cheese, Cows, oh, that's like the crossing. Cows, and, and they brought it to David and his people so that they said the people have become exhausted and hungry and thirsty and they are in the wilderness and you need to provide for them. They were called to provide for the house of David when the house of David did not look glamorous, anointed, and ruling. It was running, hiding, and messed up. People were speaking against, against his family. People were saying, if he can't handle his own sons, how is he going to handle the kingship? How can he be the king that God has brought forth for this time? How can he be the cutting-edge leader of our time, the divine anointed one, when his own kids are rebelling against him? Oh, that's the other side of David's life. Can you imagine the pressure? And here comes God, like God always comes. <laughs> and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I finished, complete what I begun, and what I promised it would be, shall be, whether there is brokenness, whether there is failure, whether there Come is, on. oh, rebellion, I will do what I said I will do, and I am the Lord mighty God. I was there in the beginning. I spoke and I said, let there be, and there was, and nothing can help the hand of God. Nothing can hold the hand of God. Nothing. Isaiah said it. <laughs> if the hand of the Lord moves, who? Can hold it back. Amen. Write down. God will complete what he has begun. God doesn't do half jobs. Amen. Amen. They brought honey and milk. And they said, David, wake up. Here, put some, put some honey on your milk. Drink it. Relax. Nourish yourself. Don't think too much about what's happening. We're going back to the throne. The people that come alongside you to remind you, to cause you to remember what God has said, to cause you to still believe against all that you're looking at, to cause you even now in America after this crazy, whatever season we can call it, crazy. But just crazy is good. Just leave it alone. Right? Now, people are rising and saying, God's not done. God's not confused. Uh, what God has promised and what God has begun in this nation is not done. No. No. Chill out. Drink some, some honey in your milk. David, here, here's some more milk. Here's a couple more goats. We'll feed the people. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of your family. You focus on the call of God because you've got to go back to that throne and do what God has called you to do. Oh, I'm so jazzed about that. 
<laughs> when the rebellion ended, Barzillai accompanies David back to the river Jordan as they were going back to cross over to Judah and to Jerusalem, right? Chapter 19 of 2 Samuel. Uh, David says, okay, we're going back. You, we, come with us, nice king. Come with us. And David makes a deal, offers him a deal. I want you to come to Jerusalem, Barzillai, and I want you to be honored for the work that you've done for me in the, in the deepest trouble of my life, when my kids were in disarray, and when, when I was messed up, when I didn't believe, when I for a few days thought, God, what happened to your promise? Oh, because you did all this, come, Barzillai, come to Jerusalem, and I'm going to make you one of the royal guys at the table. And I'm going to make you, you know, you and your family to be in a place of <laughs> royalty. And Barzillai walks with David to the river. So please read the chapters, okay? He, he comes to the river Jordan and he goes, My king, I've done my mission. I'm not going to Jerusalem. He, he turns down the offer. What? You, I mean, you are the, I mean, you are like one of the pillars, significant. You spoke to my life. You, you need to be here. No, my king. I've done my job. I'm going to stay back here. Do what I do. I've done my mission. And my mission was to hold you up, nourish you, and send you back to your throne. And send you back to the position that God anointed you for. And my job is done. But he says, here's what I'll do though, king. However, <laughs> would you please consider my servant and the blessing you're offering me, give it to him. I think I could just finish right here. We go home and think about this. King, go back to your glamour and your glory. Go back to do what you called to do. Go back to your royalty, king. Go back and shine and change the world. But, oh, king... Whatever you're going to give me, consider my servant and give him. Give him. In fact, he says to King David, let him sit at the royal table. Let him eat at the royal table with you. And David is, who? What? Oh, the guy in the back, who's that? What's his name again? Berzelai is so the image of Jesus Christ for me. <laughs> oh, I'm here to do the will of my father, and I no longer call you servants, but you are my friends. You, I give you access to the full inheritance of the father. Come you on, now, that's good. I don't want it for me. I'm going back to what I need to do. Jesus came to do the will of the father. I'm going to heaven, but I want you to have all the fullness of the inheritance. I want you to be called sons and daughters, no longer servants. Oh, Berzelai says, King, I don't want to go to Jerusalem with you and sit at a royal table and look good and glamorous and look influential and be miserable. I want to do what I'm called to do and step back and let God be God and let my king shine. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Would you take my servant and give him whatever measure you want to give me? Whatever royalty, ability, position, whatever, give it to him. 
Barzillai is a man that lives between a glory of a king and a heart of a servant. Now, if that doesn't move you, you need to come to prayer. One that is willing to fade away in the back and let somebody else shine and let an insignificant, unknown servant receive a measure that was due to him. He could have just might as well go to Jerusalem and receive the blessing from the king, receive the king's generosity, sit at the royal table, hang out with the great, be known in scripture, be spoken about, be influential, and today we would call that the breakthrough, we empower God. He's like, uh-uh, my mission is done. I step back. I've done what God has called me to do. You go, my king, and you shine. Where are the Jesus lovers that are willing to fade to the back so that the king can shine in our generation? Where are the glory seekers that are not seeking glory? The glory seekers that are seeking the real glory of God but not seeking glory. Come on. That's good. Oh man, we're in such a time of the church of Jesus Christ right now. We are in a time that is unprecedented, beautiful, ready. A volcano is about to erupt in America. Well, how? How is David going back to be a king? He's like running in the wilderness. He's like, don't you underestimate the power of God. (laughs) At this time, Barzillai is about 80 years old. He's given the best years of his life to serve another. And right at the end, he tells the king in face of this great offering and great position, don't give it to me. At the end of his life, come on, I mean, I've done my part, I've done my job, now I deserve a little bit, right? No, give it, give it to my servant, king. Would you give it to him, my lord? Give it to him. Give the glory and the blessing to another. David offered him something that... Many leaders I know in our day would not refuse. Barzillai respectfully turns down the offer from the king. However, don't let this blessing go to waste. (laughs) Let it go to this person that has served me. I serve you, king. But let this blessing be passed down from you, from God to you, from you to me, and from me to my servant. I want you to catch this this morning. The blessing of God was given to king, from king to Barzillai. From Barzillai, he passed it down to his servants. And his family, of the, the, the servant's family, got part of this blessing, got part of this harvest, got to sit at the royal table in Jerusalem. Can you imagine David coming back to Jerusalem? It was a short period of exile, and he comes back, takes back his throne, is ruling, everybody's organizing again. We're going to build a temple. This is like an amazing moment in history. And like all the royals are there and they look around and they go, who's that at the royal table right there? Who's that? Oh, I don't know his name. He's a, oh, I think he's somebody's servant. No, Lord, I'll stay here. I've done my job. I've strengthened you, blessed you, believed in you, held you up, fed you took care of you, gave you my resources, gave you the best years of my life so that you could shine and go back to your calling. Ooh. 
Jesus has come to give us the best years of his life, to give his life. And then he steps out of the scene and gives you the full inheritance of the kingdom. Somebody getting this? We don't even understand what we have. We don't even understand. When Paul says, Ephesians, live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, we don't even think this far. Man. David granted his request. And here's a moment that pierces my heart every time I read it. David said, okay, your wish shall be granted. And he turns around, looks him in the eye, and he says that he kissed him and blessed Berzelai. I don't know about you, but being kissed by the king, what, what other thing could man give me better than having the attention of my king and being kissed by the king? The king turns to him, kisses him, and blesses him as he parted, as he goes over back to his mission. The story says, the Bible says that Berzelai lived the rest of his years in honor, in peace, and he had a long life, had a good life. His family wanted to be like him. His son-in-law, you've got to read this, this is so, so, so rich. His son-in-law at one point said, could I be known not as my own name, but by my father-in-law's name? That's how much of a reputation Berzelai had to where people didn't want to use their own name, but his name. Could I, could I be called Al Johnson, please? Oh, that's some big shoes to fill if you want to be called that name. Berzelai does the unthinkable in the last moment with the king, in the last chance. Berzelai, this is your last chance, man. The king's leaving, he's going back, he's gonna go back, he's gonna get too busy. What are you going to do? It's your last moment. It's your window. Do what you got to do. He steps back. I just want my king to shine. And a kiss and a blessing from my king is good enough for me. It's all I need. Whoa. God gave us Berzalais in America in 2022. God awakened a generation of Berzalais. God awakened a people that are so anointed of God, that are such glory carriers, that when they flow in the Spirit, people would forget their names, but remembered Jesus touched them. That they would remember the king and forget the name. What was the servant's name anyway? In his final moment, in his last window, it was now or never. He says, king, give it to my servant. <laughs> Berzelai's name was clearly great of reputation. I mean, people wanted to be like him. Berzelai is mentioned uh, after, Dave, after his dad David, the king, is talking about Berzelai. When David gives instructions later to Solomon about all the things they're doing in the temple, the transition of the kingdom, right there, David says, Oh, Solomon, my son, by the way, come here, let's talk. We need to talk. Sit down. Listen, Solomon. Unlike your brother and all the things that went on, listen, Solomon. I want you to think about this. When you're in charge and when you're ruling and when you're royal and doing what God has called you to do and receiving this thing from God, I want you to consider the sons of Berzelai. 
Because they did this to me. And I want them to be blessed after generation and generation and generation and generation. <laughs> you see, we've been seeking comfort. We've been screaming from the rooftops because we want comfort and security. And God wants us to change and bring revolution to a generation. We're doing a U-Storm unit now, and there's a, there's a sign. U-Storm, Servant of the Revolution. And somebody came in and said, oh, I really like the sign and the name. It's very cool. You should just take that bottom part. I said, what do you mean? The bottom part. Revolution, that word is like, and I'm like, brother, that's what we're doing here. That's our mission. Yeah. <laughs> we're, starting, we're starting a riot. A good one. Oh, Solomon, remember to show kindness to the sons of Barzillai because they were there when everybody else was pointing their finger at me. They were there to feed me, to take care of me. And David asks him, give them an honorable position and let them sit at the king's table. Whoo! Do this, Solomon, because 1 Kings chapter 2, you can read all that later. Do this because these people, man, they did what. Berzalai's kindness was remembered long after his death. Mentioned again and again throughout Israel. People wanted to be like him. Leaders spoke of him. And in 2022, here we are in New Hampshire speaking the name Berzalai. Despite his strange name, Berzalai was a man with a great reputation of loyalty to God and to his king, but more so a man of kindness to those under him. A man that would pass on to them, and as he did, wealth came, and more wealth came, and more wealth came. Oh yeah, the reward of the Lord is wealth, honor, and life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want some of that. Despite being a man of wealth, he used all his resources and he passed on the blessing and all the benefits to the ones that live a simple life next to him. Berzalai is the proof that one single person can make a difference in their generation and in the generations to come. I'm telling you, listen, listen. Oh, Church of Jesus Christ, we're looking to, to join all these movements that are going to change the world. And God is like, man, there's a movement in you. <laughs> oh, there's something in you. You can change a generation. You carry something in you that can turn a generation upside down. The way you live your life, oh, you can set a whole generation and another and another in the favor of God. And your children and your children's children will sit at royal places. See, I just turned 52 years old. I don't want to be preaching here and there anymore. I want, I want to change a generation. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm running up mountains behind Sean. He can't catch him. He's always ahead of me. But I'm running because I want to change it. These people believe stuff like that. You know, we're going to change a generation. I'm like, every time they say generation, I start like convulsing. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to speak in tongues. I want to do stuff. I, I feel something, you know, I'm like, generation, generation, generations. <laughs> Berzalai is the proof that one single person responding to his call and being a good steward of even the glory place. Because he could have just gone to Jerusalem, man, and just, 
be the man. No, King. No, King. You shine. And whatever you're going to give me, give him. I... <laughs> if you're the servant, what do you do then? How do you like... Huh? No, Barzillai, you, you're the one that deserves this. You don't deserve to go back there. You, you're the one. This is yours. You served your king. No, 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 no. I don't deserve anything. I'm just on a mission. Write that down. I'm on a mission. You're on a mission. Tell somebody you are on a mission. You're on a mission. Huh. Don't wait for them anymore. There's a movement in you. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We have a generation of millennium. See, we got a problem now back home in our church. We don't have any older folk. I mean, we have some, a few nice people. But we have more young millennium people. Than, and, then, and then you're dealing with all different platform and all different way of thinking. And, and I'm trying to adapt. I don't want to look old. I want to look cutting edge. And I want to talk the talk. And I want to look, you know. But let me tell you this. We have a generation of millenniums in America right now that are tired of what we have to say. They are looking for a people that will model what we have to live. Yes. Come on. Yes. Don't tell me anymore. Model it. Show me. Live it. Be a Barzillai when it matters. When you can grab the glory, let it go. When God blesses you abundantly, pass it on. Don't hold it. Don't you hold the blessing because it'll stop the favor of generations. Let go of the blessing. Let go of the blessing. Let go of the blessing. Release the blessing. Oh, brothers and sisters, we have a generation that is thirsty to look and follow substance, not charisma, not cool. Nothing wrong with looking cool. Charisma is wonderful. Oh, but they're looking. They want, to, they want something real to follow. They want men and women that, that they know are like David. They, they have some stuff, man. They got family stuff to deal with. They, got, they have to go in desert places sometimes and on their way to whatever God has called them to do. They know that. They know, but, but they know they want authentic. They want people that show who they are. They want to see Barzillai's that come along and say, Hey, I don't know if I'm doing everything right, but I'm here to give you what I have. <laughs> I don't know that what I have makes a difference because I'm just me. But, oh, King, here I am, King. Here I am, my King. Where are we going, King? Is it the desert? Let's go. I'm, I'm. <laughs> is it me or is the church experiencing a desert experience right now? Oh, a generation that is looking for the models of kingdom living. For people that truly live what they, they want. They, you preach it. You've told me. I've learned it. You've sang it to me. You've put it on the posters. It's on the t-shirts. It's all over the websites and social media. I know it. You're screaming it at me. Now please show me. Model it. 
bottle it. Long gone are the days that we could just rely on special leaders alone to bring back the next season of the bride. Now is, today is, that all of us and leaders alike must arise and display a kingdom standard, a kingdom living standard that is so freaking attractive that will cause you to go to a desert place with it. Come on, mm-hmm. so freaking attractive. Where are you going? Going to the wilderness. With who? Oh, this king that's not having a good time right now. Oh, but you got your own calling. But (laughs) it's not mine. It's his calling that I'm being called by God to help fix and bring back. It's not I that live now anymore. (laughs) It's now him. <laughs> that will transform a generation. If some, some bursal eyes begin to arise, oh, people will follow them, no problem. And they will listen to what they have to say. Bursal sticks with David in loyalty, supports David and his family during the not so good days of David's life. He holds steady in unstable, critical times, times of struggle of the life of David, and he's like, King, we're going to get you back on the throne. (laughs) We'll bring the milk. We'll bring the goats. We'll bring what we have, King. We'll give you all. We'll give you the best years of our life. But you are going back to what God has called you to do. We will not relent. We will not forfeit what God has promised. We will not. If it costs our life, oh King. If it costs our glory, we will not give out. We will not give away. Oh, David, how are you feeling this morning? Well, again, I feel my son's rebelling against me. God said I was going to be the best king ever, but look at my circumstances. I'm not even in the city that I'm supposed to be at. I'm running. (laughs) David knew a thing or two about running. Berzali rises in the most significant hour of failure. Not when the king is in his glory ruling and making decrees and being royal. No. When it hurts. When it doesn't look good. Berzali holds steady in a time of disappointment and the time of betrayal all around. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. If it costs our life, king. If it costs our life. I'm going to challenge you deep this morning. I'm almost done here, but I'm going to challenge you deep. This is serious business. King, if it costs my life, what is that compared to eternity? And a little blessing at the end to make me feel better won't cut it. The mission will cut it. The mission will cut it. Have I done what God has called me to do? Have I accomplished what I've been called to do? Has my life been the purpose, the divine purpose that was intended for? Or am I just going to collect my blessing and go to Jerusalem and go, yay? I'm an influencer. Isn't what they call them now? My daughters are trying to train me. This influencer thing on Instagram now. Dad, get with the times, Dad. You know, like, uh, influencer. He sticks with David in a time of rebellion. When the town in Dori are taking place. When humanity is interfering with the promise of God. 
He literally brings milk and honey to the guy and tells him, chill out, drink the milk. We're going to go back to do what God has called you to do. Some of you need to hear this this morning. Some of you need to hear, chill out, <laughs> drink some milk, put some honey, chill out. God is not done. He doesn't do half jobs. He doesn't start anything he intends not to keep or doesn't intend to keep. He, he doesn't promise things to the Crossing Life Church in New Hampshire that he goes, oh, sorry, that didn't work. No. He's a covenant-keeping God. He's not a man that he should lie or change his minds. Sometimes you don't need another word. You just need milk and honey and sit down and chill out. That's what I'm here to tell you this morning. Chill out. God is working while you sleep. When you go to bed at night and you're like, when we go to bed and we like fade away, he spins the universe all by himself. Barzillai is there for David in a time when David's faith and David's walk of faith doesn't look so impressive. In fact, David was walking with a limp. This is so cool. <laughs> Barzillai knows loyalty and kindness will win in the end and he doesn't give up or abandon what God has promised even though, even though Barzillai himself doesn't look good because he's a wealthy, well-to-do man, well-known in the area. He's a guy that doesn't need to do any of this. He's just fine. And he goes and hangs out with a guy that's down and out. Barzillai, what do you do? I mean, the guy was well-to-do, man. He, he, he hung out with. He was. He was used to hanging out with some well-to-do people. What are you doing with this guy? You're supposed to be a king, but look at his family. Look at his son. He's not even in the city. He's gone to the desert. What are you doing hanging out with this loser? I didn't read that. I'm just imagining it. <laughs> I'm imagining it happening in 2022 where we are. What are you doing hanging out with this guy? He's done. <laughs> oh. Kindness will win. Barzillai is a heart after God. But it is David that later gets told he has a heart after God. Barzillai is the real, with a, he is the one with a heart. Oh, kindness will win. We'll sustain the work of the king. We'll, we'll establish this work of the king. You see, some of us have been praying so hard that God would change everything around us, fix everything and do what we think he needs to do so that we could be alleviated from our pressure. And God said, I'm, I'm trying to establish you to change generations, not to give you a little blessing and make you feel better. I'm not trying to just make you look nice and look anointed and feel good and be cutting edge. I'm changing generations here. Yes, I'm going to use you to turn yes. the world upside down. Yes. Oh, Bertolai, find your best you now. Drop this guy. He's running anyway. <laughs> See, I... <laughs> I don't trust leaders that don't limp. A leader who wears it all together and has all the answers and has got it all together 
is either faking it or I don't understand his anointing. Folks, we're in a war for souls. If your armor is shiny and pretty, if there's no scuffs and scratches in your armor, you're not, you're not fighting. You're not doing anything. <laughs> and we've, been, we've, we've looked for this place of glory with shining armors and like we look to be seen. <laughs> and where's the light? Like, I don't want to be seen. I'm not going to Jerusalem. I've done what I needed to do. <laughs> A leader that has it all together has nothing together. <laughs> We all rather walk on water, right? But who wants to walk on water? There's nothing to hold on to. Nobody will follow you there. It's scary. There's no paycheck there. Never mind the budget. If you want to build trust, you might have to go through some seasons like Berzali did. And if God so chooses to bless you, I mean, is anybody here being blessed by God? This is, I mean, has God been good to you in spite of your foolishness? Has God redeemed your foolishness? Has God, has God given you what uh, unmerited favor? Has God blessed Come us? On. Yes. Huh? Yes. We have a generation looking for the authentic. They want to follow people with, of substance, even in their failure, even though they're failing, even though they're going through things. Berzali gives away, passes down the blessing that was due to him. He didn't keep it for himself. His life mission was a lot bigger than a sweet place of comfort in Jerusalem. His life's mission was way bigger than that. If you've received the blessing from the Lord, it's not yours to keep. Your gift set is not yours to keep. Your song is not yours to sing to yourself. It's for others. <laughs> Your resources, if God has blessed you, it's for a mission. It's for a kingdom mission. It's to make your king shine. I'm almost done here. Berzali championed for a new generation to rise up. He championed for generations to come. Berzali becomes mega influential for generations to come, not by hanging out with the great, but by standing in loyalty with somebody in the midst of their struggle. And then, as if, man, this has been quite a season, Lord. Now you can reward me. When the reward comes, he gives it away he gives it away he gives it away to the lesser to the unknown to the non-influential he wants the king's attention to be on that guy not him what a, what a beautiful heart what a beautiful heart he gives up the place in the royal court the prestige hanging out to the recognition for his deeds and he goes I don't need that I need you, king, to go back and shine. And I need my servant to come up. Berzali lives a life between the glory of a king and a servant. 
and he doesn't want either. He doesn't want the blessing of a servant and he doesn't want the glory of the king. I'm not saying that you can't be in the place of glory if God has called you to be in the place of glory because he did David. So I'm not saying give up your glory. But consider your mission before you go after glory. What Barzillai did was so special, but what was special about it is the fact that he gave up his life for his king and gave up his blessing for his servants. No, you have it. If God has blessed you, please release the blessing that he's given you. Because there's, there's like so much unprecedented favor waiting to be released, divine favor and incredible things that we've never seen that are being held by us. We holding it by holding on to the blessing. You know? There's a river that makes glad the city of God. And at times, we've prayed and declared the glory of God to run, in the river to run, but we're the ones holding the water. Don't hold the favor of God for your generation and the generations to come. Release your blessing and complete the mission that you've been given. Barzillai could have just said, Amen and Amen, let's hang out in Jerusalem for the rest of our days. And I'm sure David would have looked after him very well. But he's driven by kindness. He wants to touch a generation. Who wants to touch a generation? Who wants to be remembered? Who wants, who wants your grandkids to say, she, he touched a generation. He changed their lives. We sit in royal places today because of them. You see, we're sitting here today in this beautiful setting, in this beautiful service, with this beautiful gathering, with this beautiful farm, with this beautiful everything. But let me tell you, there are people behind us that gave beyond their ability to give. There were people here that worked long, hard hours. There were people here loading trucks in the rain, suffering. There were people here staying away from their families and their wives. There were people that sold property to give to this. There were people that did so many hard things so that you could sit here this morning in a royal place, in a royal position, and feel like a daughter and a son. Oh, it comes at the cost, folks. And I want, I, want to, I want to bring it to a close on this. There's a cost to be a glory carrier. There is a cost to be a glory carrier. There is a cost to be a glory carrier. Barzillai gets a kiss from the king and a blessing from the king. I'm good. I've done my mission. Who wants to be kissed by the king? wants to be called in the back because the king wants to kiss you. I don't know what. I got the joy. I got the joy. I got the joy. You know what I'm saying? Who wants to have the attention of the king and grant you your requests? It says the scripture that 
Oh, the king granted Barzillai's request. Who wants to be in a place of relationship with the king that the king honors you and you say, King, I'd like this to be done and the king honors your requests. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Who wants a reputation of loyalty and kindness? Yesterday I was talking to Judy. Is Judy here? That's Judy. <laughs> I was talking to Judy. And what can we say to Judy? I mean, we try to say all these nice things and we try to encourage her, but she ends up encouraging us, you know, in the conversation. And she said something to me that just like sat deep. I was just like, whoa. She goes, Al was the kindest man I've ever known. Man, I want my wife to say something nice about me like that. Oh, Al Johnson was the kindest man. When your wife that lives with you can say that about you after 50, how many? 58 years dealing with the messy and the family and the not so good days and all the other stuff. After the journey, the kindest man I've ever known. I really was like, Tilly, am I kind? <laughs> I won't be like Al Johnson. I don't know his shoe size, but it's big shoes to fill. Oh, the Bible speaks about a reputation and, you know, who wants to be the kindest person ever? Who wants to be a Barzillai in our generation? Who wants to fade into the back so that the king can shine? Who wants to serve in this house so that the uh, ones in leading positions look good? Who wants to accompany the leadership to the desert places? Who wants to be there to say, here's the milk and honey. Don't worry about it. We're going to get through this. God promised. God promised land, wealth, and souls. So yeah, drink some more milk. Put some more honey. Make it sweeter. Hold tight. It's coming. The birth of lies that will declare, remember, prophesy, be focused, be unrelenting about what God has promised. And we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We're not changing anything. Yeah. Oh, we're not going anywhere. No, we're not leaving. I'm in California. Let's, let's leave California. Go here, go there. California is liberal. I'm not leaving. I'm not abandoning what God has promised. I'm not going to let darkness just extend. I'm going to shine. I'm going to shine. I'm going to shine. Yesterday our church was loaded. Last night we weren't there. Our church was loaded with leaders from all over the community. And we were standing up against abortion and life and defending life. And we're not going anywhere. We got a promise. We got a promise. We're going to make our king shine. If it costs our lives. If it costs our lives. Who wants to be led by kindness? It is kindness that leads us to repentance anyway. Right? Who wants to have a place at the king's table? Who wants to be so honored 
that the king would say, let those people sit at the royal table because they like, they got stuff. They listen to them. Well, who are they? Well, they're somebody's servant. Who's, what, what's their name? And we spend so much time trying to promote ourselves and promote our names and our ministries and our things. We're too busy doing that to even worry about the glory. Barzillai grew old gracefully with honor and peace. What else could the men ask for? To be kissed by a king, give his blessing away, and live the rest of his life in honor and peace. And then later, generation after generation was transformed. What else could be better? What could man give me or do that is better than that? What? Barzillai invested. Oh man, I gotta finish this. You guys just bear with me, okay? If you get angry at me, I'm leaving anyway, so it's all good. You guys don't have to worry about it. I'll be gone. Barzillai invested his life, the best years of his life, on someone else. He gives the best years of his life to someone else's house. He blesses and sustains someone else's house. And he blesses them because he knows the reward of the Lord. And he was faithful and loyal to the Lord. He knew the promises of God. And he was not going to give it away to anybody. <laughs> your time is precious, but your time is not yours. Your time is precious. But your time is not yours. Your gift set is precious, but it's not yours. Your resources are given to you, but they're not yours. They are to be given away. Do not hold the blessing because you hold the favor. There's a, there's a difference between blessing and favor. Oh, I, I don't want just the blessing of God. I want favor. I want my kids to look at me and go, that's the faith I want. I want my kids to be sold out, loving God, worshiping with their lives in their hearts because, oh, my dad, oh. I don't want to have a cool church, baby. I want a generation. Caleb wanted a mountain. So pass it on, pass the blessing. Don't hold the favor of God. Oh, launch a generation. We are on a mission to launch a whole generation. We are here because there's a generation of Americans that years ago gave their lives, gave their money, gave their prayers, gave, they drove to meetings, they did everything, they built churches. Oh, the generation of the war. Oh, they gave so much. That's why we're here today and we ought to be so grateful for these people giving so much. That's why we're here. If you want to truly trailblaze a path of glory in your generation, you might have to give up some things. If you truly want to be a glory carrier, you might have to forfeit opportunities that, or let go of opportunities that look so good and so attractive and so, oh man, we can even find some scripture to go with it. God himself, the Holy Spirit himself, may grab your shirt and pull you back from going to Jerusalem. <laughs> so Barzillai, to say the least, one of the most beautiful hearts revealed in Scripture. And at the end of the day, here's the deal. Barzillai says, all I want, king, is that you would shine 
and my servant would be blessed. Sounds like Al Johnson. Sounds like Brian Messina. Is Brian here? Sorry, Brian. My buddy. I don't need, I don't need, I just want him to shine and I want them to be blessed. Man, when the people like that arise, we're going we're gonna to make a difference. We're going to change a generation. We're going to change a generation. I don't want a place of comfort. I want a generation. What do you really want from God? A generation. What do you really want God to do? A generation. Change a generation. What do you want your life to be about? Bring revolution to a generation. Oh, King, I just want my servant to have access to the blessing you're giving me. Isn't that so, Jesus? Giving us access? Anyway, we could go on and on about this. So, I want to ask you in closing here. And I don't want you to come running, okay? I want you to think about this for a few minutes. I want you to consider. I don't want you to get all excited and come running for. I want you to think this through for a minute. Because I was asked this question 30 years ago. Who is here that truly wants to have a heart of a Barzillai in our generation? That is willing to let go and let God receive the glory. Or have another receive the accolade and the glory. Have another shine with the work that you did. And that's, our flesh does not like that part. Who is here that wants to come up and say, Spirit of the Lord, I will allow you, Lord, <laughs> to remove my comfort, to interrupt my schedule, if that's what it takes to change a generation. If you want to carry the glory of God for real, if you want to if you want to be so anointed of God that just your presence in a place changes the atmosphere, if you, if you truly want to have a breaker-like anointing and, and destroy and dismantle strongholds everywhere you go, not just when we gather, everywhere, right? In airplanes, in tunnels, in buses, in planes, in school classrooms, everywhere, in the ICU, if you really want to carry an anointing that just like when you walk up, the atmosphere is like, woo, volcano is coming. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Oh, that we would flow in an anointing. That they would forget our name, but remember our king. <laughs> that they would forget our name, but remember that I was kissed by the king. I was kissed by the king. What's the greatest experience in God you've ever had? He kissed me. Josiah is the one going around kissing everybody and saying he got kisses from God and all that, right? Is Josiah here? Josiah is always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Josiah started kissing me like 10 years ago. I tried to kiss Sean. Didn't work. Didn't work. Oh. Mwah. He, he kissed me yesterday. 
Ignacio. I've been kissed by Josiah. I got the anointing now. I've been kissed by Josiah. Never mind laying of hands. I want a kiss from the king. Because I'm here to change a generation. I'm on a mission. Oh yeah, I might have to let go of glory a little bit. But boy, I want to, I want to walk into the courts of the king. Into the royal palace. And someone say, that one has a place in the stable. That one was there. That one held it together. That one fought for me. That one reminded me of the vision. That one brought the milk and honey. That one is the real deal. He's got a place. Who wants to sit at the royal table? <sighs> the reward of the Lord is you, or the reward of humility in the Lord is, or the fear of the Lord. I'm start thinking about all this, and your brain explodes. The the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord is wealth honor and life man I feel like Braveheart right now Woo! wealth honor and life hmm. Father I pray in Jesus name right now that the heart of Barzillai would arise within this people in this house that God you would activate open the door open the access to the table of the king yes, and father kiss this people here in Wyndham God yes, kiss this people I pray God yes, oh king of glory kiss your people here kiss yes, your people yes, here kiss your people here I pray God oh God that you would grant them their requests oh God oh God that the birth of eyes will arise and that you would grant their request oh king and that a generation be transformed. Oh God. Oh God, what is man that you would be mindful of us. But a generation be changed, God. A generation be transformed, oh God. Oh. A generation, God. No, God, I don't want the fancy ministry. I want the generation, yeah. God. No, I don't want some position. I want the generation, yes. God. No, I don't want more money. I want the generation, God. Oh, God, I want the generation, God. I want the generation. Oh, God, I want the generation. I want the generation. Woo! Father, cause us to see what you see. Cause us to understand the calling and the mission of the church, oh God. God, cause us to rise to the place and the time and the season. God, cause us to live in honor and receive the blessing that you've intended, but not hold it, but not hold it, but not hold it, because it is not ours to keep. I don't know if you want to call people to the front. Listen, church, I just, um, if you would, Sean, you got something? Go ahead, bro. Listen, I just want to really emphasize the significance of what Anasio has brought to us today. And I really believe it's a critical key and component and, and something the Spirit is emphasizing to us. Because part of what God is doing in our midst is He is bringing a type of unity 
and one-mindedness as a community so that we can walk collectively together worthy of the gospel for the progress of the gospel, for the glory and fame of Jesus Christ, for his purpose in our generation. So what he's doing is significant in this time and the Lord is looking for a place where his glory can abide in greater measures. And in light of, I just want to reiterate two passages that, that are key here. You know, we talked a little bit out of Isaiah 66 here where the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So where's the house that you'll build for me? And where will be my resting place? The Lord is looking for a resting place. And he says this, these are the ones on whom I look with favor. That's what Ignacio is talking about. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Because the Lord wants a house of glory. He's looking for his glory to rest upon a house of glory. And in Philippians, the Lord brings us together in how we relate to each other. Because this is key. Because we as a community, how we relate to each other, how we consider one another, how we serve and prefer one another, how we choose to put aside our own ambitions, living for our own comfort or pleasure is critical that we could truly live for God. And God is after this place, truly in our people, in our hearts, in our lives, where we truly do not live for our own pleasure or use even the things of the kingdom for our own pleasure or delight. But we truly lay down our life for him and for each other. What he is saying today is significant. In Philippians 1, in the chapter 2, it says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I want you to stand firm in one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And it goes on about learning to also suffer, that we be considered worthy to suffer for the gospel's sake. And in chapter 2, it goes on to this. This is very significant for us. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort of his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. This is what Ignacio is articulating today. Do not look out for your own interests alone, but each of you for the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus, who was in the very nature of God. He didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing and of no reputation by taking the very nature of a servant being made in the likeness of humans and found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on the cross. And it goes on to say, therefore God highly exalted him before glory and honor is humiliation and the fear of the Lord. And it goes on, and it tells us then, therefore, do everything without grumbling or arguing. God is after this in our community so that we can become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation 
then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. This is a critical key to this attitude of preferring others, of going low in service, of not doing anything out of selfish ambition, giving preference, considering others more valuable than yourself. This humility of heart and mind is a key. The fear of the Lord is a key. Humility is a key in this time. And how we relate to each other specifically, that's the way glory can rest upon us. That way we can be trusted with the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Yeah, let's respond here. Come on. What I want you to do is if you're here and this is like resonating in your heart, I just want you before the Lord to stand and come up front and just consecrate your heart. Just say, Lord, I want humility and fear of the Lord. And this is something in your own heart you got to deal with. It's your decision. Come on, let's respond.